This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name's Tom Ward and I'm joined this evening by Dean. Hey Tom. Even May and also John by Andy. Evening, uh, Tom mate, how are you? Yeah, not bad mate, not too bad. Good. Um, a break from the league at the weekend as the Sky Blues travelled to top of the table Norwich for an FA Cup third round tie. Despite putting out a strong side, the Sky Blues succumbed to a 2-0 defeat and were dumped out of the Cup. Albeit an FA Cup competition which has lost a bit of its magic this season, with fans unable to attend and prize money slashed. In this evening's episode, we'll dissect the game to work out where it all went wrong. And we will also look ahead to what lo- looks like an enormous game next weekend at home Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so yeah, evening chaps, cheers for joining me again. Um, how are you both sort of feeling after Saturday? I'll go to you first, Andy. Yeah, a bit deflated. Um, I thought uh, Robbins was going to play a weakened team, but when I saw that uh, he played quite a strong team um, and with the amount of players Norwich had out through coronavirus, particularly cruelly in goal, I thought we might be able to get something, but that my uh, expectations were drawn back pretty quickly after the first 10 minutes, Tom. So a bit disappointed, um, but... Like we said, the league's the most important thing. But after seeing the team, I thought we might we might have just got got into the next round. But unfortunately, on this day, we didn't. Yeah, a little bit disappointing. Um, how are you feeling, Dean? Yeah, I'll just echo those those statements that Andy's made. A little deflated, you know, especially coming after that, you know, decent performance against Millwall. You know, we slightly turned the tide a little bit there. And going into this game, you know, expectations were were high. And when you see the team, you think, yeah, okay, we're going for it. But, you know, we just didn't perform. Simple as that at the end of the day. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into the game in more detail. Um, obviously, it was a 2 0 defeat. Did the stats sort of reflect that, Andy? Yeah, more more in a sense of their dominance with the ball. We only had 38% possession. Um, we attempted 390 attempted passes compared to their 681. Wow. So it just shows, yeah, how many more more passes they did and how much better they kept the ball than us. So, yeah, they, they were more dominant. And to be honest, you're going to expect that when you're playing top of the league, uh, they, they're going to be dominant on the ball. They, they've got better players. They were in the Premier League last year. So that didn't surprise me much. But the, the good sign and the positive sign is that we did have 16 shots compared to their seven. And the shot accuracy was 44% which is a little bit better than what it has been. Uh, but unfortunately, as we well know, most of them were straight down the keeper's throat. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of our better games for sort of chance creation, wasn't it, Andy? Mm, yeah, like I said, it, it was decent. Yeah, 16 shots is decent. And, you know, percentage of 44% on, on target is, is not the best, but it was, it's not as bad as what it has been. So a slight improvement there, Tom, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And obviously on last week's pod that we debated quite a bit around the sort of team lineup and there was lots of opinions going around on Twitter, whether Mark Robbins was going to put a strong side out, whether he was going to make some changes. Um, what were your initial thoughts, Dean, when you saw the team sheet? Yeah, like you say, I mean, we all we all thought there was going to be wholesale changes. You know, you look at Twitter through the week and I'd probably suggest that 99% of the fan base all thought the same, to be honest. I suppose the only man whose opinion didn't match that was the manager and, and he decided to go with pretty much a, a full-strength side, barring DaCosta, obviously, who, who hasn't been a regular this season so far due to injuries and, and whatnot. But, I mean, I was massively surprised that more of the fringe players weren't involved, the likes of Bapaga, Thompson, Hillsner. Eccles, Castanier, those types of players who are on the cusp of that of that squad. And this was always going to be a difficult game, wasn't it? You know, the Norwich squad is so good. You know, there's talent all across the pitch, no matter who plays. So it's going to be a tough task, regardless of what, what team we put out. And I know hindsight is obviously a wonderful thing, but I do think it was a massive mistake. Um, you know, we could have had a second string team out there. And OK, we would have potentially lost, but at least those players would have got some fitness, you know, a a full competitive game in the bank. And who's to say uh, that the loss won't affect the, the first team's confidence going into a, a massive run of matches, especially after, you know, a, a good a good result against Millwall. Um, mm. And, you know, and then, you know, we're struggling at the top end of the pitch as it is. We threw Biamu in there. And what would we do if he got injured? You know, he's up there bat- battling away on his own. And that's when those types of niggly injuries occur, like, like what's happened to Walker and Goddard. You know, we mm. could have been left up, you know, the, the stream without a canoe and a paddle, effectively. Never mind just the paddles. Yeah. Um, so it's I, I just I just find it absolutely bonkers to be honest. Bonkers. Yeah, interesting from from Romans. But you know, if we look back, Dean, he, he's got a bit of a record, hasn't he, of, of putting a strong side out in the cup. I know last year we were obviously, you know, slightly different scenario in that we were around the top of the league. But again, the league campaign was really important and he persisted to play the strongest team then, didn't he? So he does take the cup quite seriously. I don't. I don't mind him taking the cup seriously. Depending on what scenario we're in, we're in a bit of a desperate situation, to be honest, in regards mm. to personnel. Never mind the position in, we are in in the league. I mean, that is of utmost importance. I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather have the 50, 15 to twenty million that staying in the championship will give us, 
rather than the, mm. the 60 to 80 grand that we would have got for, for going through in the league. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. It's, you know, obviously staying in the championship is 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 the most important thing. Um, just going into the game itself, um, Andy, we, we started brightly, didn't we? We possibly could have got ourselves ahead in the early minutes. Yeah, we should have done, Tom. We had um, a couple of chances early on. Biamu hit one wide. Shippers obviously made it, made their keeper who had a good game, by the way, uh, the young lad. Uh, he made a decent save. And then obviously the chance which we could have gone in front was O'Hare, wasn't it? With uh, Hamer picking him out. And the shot again was was saved by Bond. Just again, not very clinical from O'Hare, but with, with tend and fortune at the time of O'Hare, his finishing's always been question marked at the moment, isn't it? And fortunately just couldn't put us in the lead, unfortunately, on this occasion. Yeah. But no, we and started then- well, Tom. Yeah, started brightly, but then, you know, not long after with just six minutes on the clock and the only way I could really describe it is that we got completely carved open, didn't we, Dean? Yeah, and it's just so disappointing to concede after starting so brightly, wasn't it, you know? But let's let's give credit to Norwich, a brilliantly worked goal. Uh, but again, we've made it far too easy for teams, you know. De Costa was in absolute no-man's land. But my issue here with this goal is, is Ostergaard. Um, he needs to get closer to the ball. Okay, he showed him inside rather than, than going on the outside, which is good, but at least put some kind of challenge in and make it harder for the attacker to get rid of that ball. He stood off him far too easily. And it happens again for the second goal, which I'm, I'm sure we'll speak about. But, you know, once that went in, you did see some heads dropped automatically, mm. which wasn't good. Wasn't a good sign. And I suppose that's down to a massive sucker punch, isn't it? You know, after starting so brightly. The question I had was, how, how are we going to respond to that? And the answer was obviously not very well, considering what happened, you know, 90 seconds later. Yeah, exactly. I think I read it was something like 80 seconds later. So he clearly didn't respond very well at all, did we? Um, Andy, and obviously a ball into the box, which, you know, mm. probably should have been defended better. And suddenly we're 2-0 down and and then we're really struggling, aren't we? Yeah, really, really bad second goal, this. Um, first of all, Ostergaard, shouldn't, you know, the cross came in too easy. Then the ball looped, kind of looped off his foot. And then, you know, then just Dom Hyam. Unfortunately for Dom, he, he left his man and, and Huggle scored with a decent header into the net. But it was it was a shocking... First of all, it was shocking that the ball came in in the first place and the marking from Dom Hyam was pathetic. And um, not good enough. You can't leave your man in the box and just let someone just drift off you and score. That's just really basic defending. And, and Dom, I like Dom. I think he's, you know, he's been with us... Um, obviously through the you know the championship from the second division to the championship, and he's he's been he's been good this season. But I just feel the last couple of games against Preston and Sheffield Wednesday, he's been culpable of goals, and he was a couple of goals, the goal against Norwich. I think he his form's dipped a little bit, and um, hopefully he'll come out of it soon. I mean, there's four different. To, really. There was four different phases there that you know that mm. that, that we could have stopped. Oh, first, first of all, the ball. From De Costa into the middle of the park, not good enough. Mm. Then he's in no man's land. Ball goes out wide to, to the attacker and Ostergaard gives that guy 25 yards to run into without putting mm. any sort of challenge in. And then when he tries to play the ball across, he's five yards standing off him. You know, that's mm. that's that's not close enough. Um, no. Thirdly, you know, Wilson could come out at that point. Uh, yeah. Fads could give him a shout. And then fourthly, yeah, Hyams, Hyams marking isn't good enough. Just lets the man run in between both him and him and Fads. Yeah. Um, but you know, so many you know, intricate things that happen yeah. during the football match, and we could have easily stopped that goal from happening easily. And what's your opinion about Hyam at the minute, Dean and Tom? I'm, I'm, I'm interested because obviously, if we just look back to the 
Preston goal, the Sheffield Wednesday penalty, and the marking for the Norwich game. Now, what, what's your opinions on on Hyam's form? I think we expect a lot from him, thoughts. don't we? Yeah, he's just yeah. he's just dipped a lot um, over the mm. over the past three games, um, yeah. which is uncharacteristic which is surprising for him. Because yeah, because that's why it's surprising for me because he. He has been very high, hasn't he? His standards have been very good and he, he has jumped up from League One to the Championship yeah. like a, a duck to water, hasn't he? So perhaps it's just a, a little dip, which we all have. It's just, unfortunately for Dom at the minute, I think the, unfortunately his mistakes are causing goals, aren't they? That's the yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate thing, isn't it? I think he's one yeah. of those players who set such high standards for himself that... You know, we come yeah. to expect him to play really well week in, week out. And, you know, mm. when you're making mistakes that unfortunately lead to goals, you, you're going to get, you know, it's going to be noticed. So, yeah, he's been a bit unlucky, really. But, you know, I think he's the sort of player who, who'll, who'll turn it around and, you know, no yeah, doubt he'll be he'll be key for us, you yeah. know, throughout the season. So, um, so yeah, I'm not too, not too worried about him. Definitely more worried about other players in our team, I'd have to say. <laughs> um, one of them, um, obviously, uh, only just started in this game, but to Costa, I mean, I watched the replay back and he was sort of jogging back, wasn't he, for that their goal? Um, but I don't know whether it was Andy, whether it was because he, he felt like there was probably enough players back. I, I don't know, but you don't particularly like to see players jogging back like that, do you, when we're trying to defend a, um, a goal? Mm. No, I think he was rusty, Tom. I think mm. he was all over the place the first few minutes. And uh, Robin said that. Half. Yeah, Rob, Robin said that after the game as well. He, he didn't know where to twist or turn. It was almost like, you know, when you play someone a five aside and he hasn't played for ages, you can tell. Yeah, it was like that, to be honest with you. And um, he didn't know what, what his positional sense was all was all over the place. He didn't yeah, know where, where, which position to be. And but. On his on the positive side, I thought he grew into the game second half. He was a lot better, but his first half performance yeah. was uh, was shocking. And I think it was due to not playing. For a yeah, exactly. Because it it could have got even worse, couldn't it? When um, I think he played the ball straight to Campwell, didn't he? And Campwell sort of hit it hit it wide of the post, Dean. But it kind of sort of almost epitomised that first half display, didn't it? That that yeah, all the way like that. Definitely. I don't think the Costa will be the first or the last player in a commentary shirt to have a calamitous, you know, first appearance. Of course, I, I, yeah. I remember Dabo, you know, his yep. first few games wasn't very good. Sterling as well, you know, but they're they're both right backs when they when they play for us. Um so you know, it took them a while to, to grow into that position. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, did it epitomise the performance? Yeah, and I was obviously very surprised at Cantwell didn't at least make the keeper work. Yeah. I think he looked a class above most of the players mm. on the pitch yesterday. Uh, very technically, very good. I, I don't think he'll be at Norwich too long, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest. No. But in, in regards to us, I, I, I think we just seem to lack any real quality, you know? Yeah. We were sloppy in possession most of the game. And yeah, De Costa was at fault for a few of those, especially in the first half. But never mind that epitomising just this game. I think that's been a huge problem for us most of the season. You know, we've gave the ball away far too easily. We make too many problems for ourselves. And to an extent, I think we've got away with the majority this season. But we're going to have to nip that in the bud very quickly, especially when we hit those top teams in February, because they'll punish us. There's no question about that. Mm. And I think you look yeah. at Norwich, you know, they look so comfortable in this match. And to be fair, if they needed to, they could have probably moved through the gears at any point mm. when they desired. And that's where we need to aspire to be as a club, you know, uh, and as a team, they're comfortable in possession. You know, nothing seems forced. They don't give it needlessly away. Whereas us, we look the absolute opposite, I thought, at times. You know, 
looked sloppy, lacked intensity. We overcommit when we got the ball. And the golfing class is, is, is clear as day for me, to be honest. And, and for us to try and overcome that and counter that against better teams, I just think we need to be a little bit sharper, play with more intensity and be a little bit more organised. And I can excuse the lack of quality that we've got at times to an extent, yeah. but if we show more enthusiasm and commitment going forward, I'm sure we'll reap the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And and having said all of that, you know, we, we did come out second half and we did look a bit better, didn't we, Andy? Yeah, we did. Robbins must have got into them um, at half-time, mustn't he? He must have not been very happy. Maybe a few Alex Ferguson teacups being thrown, maybe, because I don't think he, him and AD would have been happy with what they have seen, especially putting a, a strong side out. We did. And, yeah, we did. We played better. Um, we were much better second half. Um, and we, we carved a few chances out, didn't we, Tom, that maybe on another day we would have scored. But yeah, exactly. it's always that, that same old problem with us at the minute is that we just... We're just not, we're either playing too much and not pulling the trigger, or if we are pulling the trigger, it's hitting straight at the keeper. There's not much cutting edge there, is the top. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, there were, there were some decent chances to be armed with, but, you know, to, to be fair to their keeper, he was having a, yeah, yeah, a fairly yeah, good, good day in office, wasn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He stepped in well for Tim Krull. He did a really good game. But, uh, yeah. What did lad, you make so. of their, um, their keeper, Dean? Yeah, I just thought he played really, really well. I mean, yeah, Biamu had those really two good chances, didn't he? Great hustle, created some really good opportunities for himself. And he showed great composure on both of those, but mm-hmm. forced two really top-draw saves from Barden. I mm-hmm. think he's Norwich's fourth choice as well. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and when under those golden chances sort of came to fruition, I thought, oh, you know, this isn't going to be our day. Sure enough, it wasn't. But, you know, saying coming out in the second half, I was very surprised Robbins didn't make any changes. What about you, boys? Yeah, well, I'm surprised that I will come on to this later, won't we? But Parga, I don't understand why he was came on so late. No, I agree with that. He should have been yeah, on the pitch a, a lot earlier. It's one of those, isn't it, where it's kind of like, do you, do you throw something at it or do you sort of accept that the game's gone? And I suppose there's a case for making subs for both of those scenarios, really, isn't there? Um, but he did make some changes, didn't he, a bit later on? Um, I suppose it comes back to Dean's point, really, about the golf between the two clubs and the fact that you know, we're bringing Bakayoko on and they're bringing mm. Buendia and Puki on, Andy. So <laughs> yeah. it, it does sort of show that golf, doesn't it, when you see things like that happening? Well, they're Premier League players, aren't they? Especially yeah. Buendia. He's just... Mm. Uh, he's quality. He's quality player. I think he's, he's on the way to Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. Yeah. Is he? Is he? Okay. And Campwell as well, we spoke about earlier, he's not league, uh, championship quality, he's Premier League quality as well. So, you know, and Puki's a you know, proven international goal scorer, isn't he? So, yeah, Puki... Versus Backer, yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. bit of a, a golfing class, isn't it? Um, but I don't, yeah, think, I don't um, think the price of Backer would get you, you know, one of Pookie's feet. To be honest, yeah, but maybe a toe or something. Yeah, little toe, little toe, toe at that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love it if my little toe was worth four hundred grand. To be fair, yeah, but there you go. I think that's how much we signed him for. But yeah, um, but. You said about the subs, Dean. I mean, I suppose it's a point we've made before on the podcast. We don't have a huge number of options, do we, to change change things? No, and that's that's the again the difference. You know, they've got you know, Max Aaron's, you know, Barcelona bound on the bench. Oliver Skip, Grant Hanley came on at halftime, and we just have we just got a lack of options. You know, it's it's just you know the the situation we're in is. You know, we've caught from League One. We don't have a lot of money to spend. We just have to deal with it. You know, that all teams in our position have to deal with it. The likes of Wickle and Rotherham, um, you know, they have to, they have to deal with the same situation. So, you know, it's just the cards we've been dealt. And unfortunately, we're just 
we're just in that situation and we've got no money to spend as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And I completely agree. I think, you know, it's one of those things you've just got almost scraped through. I mean, you just part season. and parcel of, of coming up mm. from, from League yeah. One. You just got to survive. You got to scrape, you know, just scrape survival and then, and then you can rebuild and then you can build a squad. I don't think, I don't think anyone has ever come up from League One and had a complete championship team, have they? It just doesn't, doesn't happen. It's very um, once in a blue moon, the Bournemouths, the Sheffield yeah. United's, but they, I mean, they were built in League One to be a championship team when they were in there. I yeah, mean, you look exactly. at Barnsley, Barnsley came up, you know, two seasons ago, you know, just about survived last season. And now look at them, you know, yeah. they're on the cusp of, you know, hitting the playoffs, mid, you know, mid table. So yeah. they, they, they show it can be done. Um, and this season is just a sort of grit, grit our teeth and bear it kind of thing. And, get through it and and hopefully we can we can evolve next year yeah 100 percent. and um obviously talking to barnsley we obviously got matty james who's been playing for them for the for the first few games of the season he obviously came on he um he looks tidy player dean yeah i I mean this is an absolute brilliant signing um you know it was it was quite under the radar wasn't it as well um but he's a player in the same mold as liam kelly you know his leadership his tenacity but i I would say probably a more technically astute player yeah. And Liam Kelly, and yeah. you could see that in that short period he was on the pitch. He played some wonderful passes, and that one that split three players to get De Costa involved was yeah. beautiful. But what really impressed me was his positioning and how he yeah, marshaled echoes yeah. when he came on the pitch. And that's something we need more of, you know, a bit of leadership, a bit of mentoring. So, yeah, for me, a really, really astute signing. Mm-hmm. Surprised it came yeah. about, to be honest, but it looks yeah. a stroke of genius from our recruitment team. Yeah. And if we can get him in the door permanently in the summer, that would be absolutely brilliant. You know, he's yeah. a ready-made replacement for Captain Kelly, who, let's face it, he isn't getting any younger, is he? Um, he's got a few injuries under his belt over the last couple of years and he'll be another option for us in the middle of the park. So, yeah, I mean, thumbs up for this one, totally. Yeah, definitely. Let's be honest. If it, if it wasn't for James's injuries, he'd be playing Premier League, wouldn't he? 100%. Probably, yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, I've got I've got mates who are Leicester fans and um and they all they all rave about him. They said because he played alongside Danny Drinkwater, didn't he, in the team that got yeah. promoted for Leicester. Um and a lot of them say actually they think it was Matty James that should have played for England and not Danny Drinkwater. He was that good. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's just the injuries that have really hampered yeah. his career. Um, but no, they they rate him so, rate him so highly at Leicester when they won the league. Um, so no, yeah, really really pleasing signing. We'll we'll get on to the uh, sort of transfer window a bit later on in the mm. pod. Um, but just wanted to ask your opinion on Bapaga, Andy. Um, I think you know if there's one positive we can probably take from the game, it was that he got some game time and and looked quite lively. Pace, mm. shit off a stick, isn't it? Yeah, He's absolutely <laughs> rapid and. Um, I just want to see more of him. I, you know, I want to see him have more cameos. Um, and I know Robbins is being careful with him because of the championship's physicality, but he's already made for the last half hour of games, isn't he? Or is that just me? You know, really oh, no, direct. Yeah. You know, come on. He needs well, to why, stop. Yeah, why not throw him on, you know, sometimes. Absolutely. Let's see what he does. And he's got fearless running. Dribble, good dribbler, good feet. Yeah, I want to see more of him going forward second half of the season, please. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he will sort of break in more, Dean? Because obviously with players like Eccles, we've sent him out to get some games under his belt and it often helps to get that sort of even a half season under your belt in League One. Um, do you think that would benefit Papaga or do you think he can sort of break in and have the, have the odd half an hour here and there and, and that will benefit him? 
I think he's in a different situation to Josh Eccles. You know, Eccles been has been in and around the first team for a couple of seasons now. Uh, but Parga's just sort of on the cusp of that. Um, I think it's different for forward rather than a midfielder being in and around the first team and getting cameos because generally if a, an 18-year-old player is, is put on to a pitch, is you're chasing a game and he's going to get opportunities. So I think if we keep him in the fold, it can only be a positive for him. I mean, you look at yesterday, he was on the pitch for, what, 12 minutes. He had 10 touches, eight of them were positive um, in regards to stats-wise, you know, going ahead with the ball. Um, he he stood, he stood a couple of players up one-on-one and okay, he didn't create anything from them, but he just showed a bit of positive intent and that's that was all that was needed yesterday, a bit of positive intent and I thought he did really, really well for, this, for the little cameo he had yesterday and I think if we give him more opportunities in the future, he'll only benefit from that and, and will benefit from it in, in time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he can have more of those this season. Um, I know it's a disappointing loss, Chaps, but I'll get a man of the match from you both. I'll go to you first, Andy. Um, difficult one, because mm. I thought O'Hare was decent in patches, um, but I'm going to give it to Giles. I thought he was quite lively down the left-hand side. Um um, so I'm going to give it to Giles, but it was, it's difficult, really, mate, to be mm. honest, to pick yeah, anyone. If I'm being there wasn't honest. anyone who stood out could, really. Could, was that? No, it could um, have gone to O'Hare, could have gone to Giles, could have gone to Max. You know, he yeah, I, I thought I, he battled well for me. For, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 for me as well, Tom. Uh, I just thought he anything we sort of created, he he was at the brunt of it. Um, he battled really hard up there. For that second half against Hanley, I thought you know kind of had Hanley in his pocket um, for that twenty-five minutes he was on the on the pitch in the second half. So yeah, I'm going to go for Max, and you know we're going to need Max to to come to the fold over the next couple of weeks, um, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Albeit he didn't score, obviously. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be really important for us. Um, and just to sort of summarise, Andy, obviously disappointing to be out of the cup, but as we sort of said at the start of the podcast, we can now focus on the league, can't we? Yeah, that's the main thing, Tom. Um, that's the number one concern for us is to stay in the division. Um, it's going to give us a lot more money if we do stay in the division. Then we can, like you said earlier in the pod, that we can build um, a decent squad for the following seasons in the in the cha- in the championship. You know, it's vital that we stay in this division this season. If we stay in this division, um, and then we can start building and building and building. So. Um, yeah, disappointing because we played a strong team and uh, we got dumped out of the cup. And you know the history we have in the FA Cup is all important. But I think it might be just a blessing in disguise that we did get dumped out because we need to stay in the division. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blues will then entertain Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, and we'll be out for revenge off slipping to a one-nil defeat at Hillsborough in December. Um, Andy, this is a massive game, isn't it? When you look at the table, huge. Uh, absolutely massive, massive game. Um, huge, huge game. Um, really looking forward to it. Um, back at St Andrews, which we've done really well this season. Our home form's been good, hasn't it, Tom? Yeah. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Bit concerned because obviously Sheffield Wednesday have seemed to turn the corner since they've sat the manager, which yeah. is just typical, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, which is a little bit, you know, typical and you know, disappointing because they were cut adrift, weren't they? Yeah. Um, but they seem to have beaten us and gone on a bit of a nice run, haven't they? And they beat, they beat one in the FA Cup at the weekend. So, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna it's a massive game, huge game, and mm. obviously I think the bottom eight all play each other as well. That's correct, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, so they do. Yeah, a huge a huge half- afternoon in the championship at the bottom of the league. Huge. Yeah, definitely. I was gonna say, like you, Andy, I'm excited, but I'm, I feel a bit nervous for this one. I have to say, mm. you know, it's it's such a big game, isn't it? And it feels like we're getting more towards kind of crunch time in the league. Um, but like you say, the bottom eight will play each other, which you know means yeah. not everyone's gonna necessarily pick up points. You know if if two of those games are draws, that's four teams that have got just a po- just a point. And if if we can win, then we can make more ground. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, ways that it could sort of play out on Saturday, Andy. Yeah, definitely, um, absolutely. Yeah, um, but we just need to grind three points out. I just yeah, hope that. Do, yeah. the, I just hope that being dumped out of the cup and and the way we were dumped out of the cup doesn't affect the people's confidence, uh, the players' confidence, like Dean said earlier in the pod. I just hope it doesn't have a knock-on effect. Uh, That's my only real uh, concern going going into this game, Tom. And that's what I'd like to think think it won't. I'd like to think that the players all sort of (laughs) compartmentalise the cup and, you know, they'll just think of the last game as the Millwall game, hopefully, and and, and play from there, hopefully. Um, I'd like to think that the cup doesn't... We were good, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. I'd like to think that they just sort of brush the cup to one side and p- perhaps even when they were out there on Saturday, they had that in their minds a little bit as well. Um, yeah. And we can, like you say, carry on from where we left off against Millwall. Um, Dean, we obviously talked about Sheffield Wednesday a lot um, before we played them last time, uh, but obviously things have changed a bit there, haven't they, since uh, since they beat us? They have, yep. Yeah. And they've made inroads into, into climbing that league uh, since we played them just, just before Christmas. You know, if we'd have won that game, it was, what, 18, 19 points, we would have been adrift to them and pretty much guaranteed at least one of those relegation posi- uh, positions has, has been sewn up. But, you know, that wasn't to be. They've had two wins and a draw and obviously won yesterday in the Cup under the guise of their, their new caretaker manager, Neil Thompson, after Tony Pulis was relieved of the duties just before New Year. And of course, the only win had to come over us, didn't it? Um, against the Sky Blues, that had to had to be the case. And Thompson has sli- slightly altered how they play. They've switched to a back four, hoping that will alter things at the top end of the pitch. However, Sheffield Wednesday are still a team that don't create a lot of chances. They, you know, to all intents and purposes, they didn't create a lot against us. And it was the ultimate sucker punch conceding from a, from a set piece against them. And I see, like like you guys say, I see this game being hugely nerve-wracking, very tight. And again, maybe a mistake will be the difference between the teams, just like it was at Hillsborough. And hopefully it's us on the positive end this time. And I think the bigger picture is is one to look at here. You know, a win for us would pull us 10 points clear of the relegation zone. That would give us some more breathing space, you know, and confidence, obviously, going into a crucial spell. I don't think we can underestimate how... Um, how big the next three matches are. You know, we we could end up, if all things go well, around that 34, 35 point mark. And that would pretty much secure, or at least go a long way to securing our status in the division. And it all starts this Saturday. Um, you know, if, we, if we're if around that 34, 35 point mark, I think 41, 42 will probably keep us in the league. You're not telling me that we won't get another seven, eight points. Um over over 14 matches, 15 matches that that, that will be left. So mm. I think if we can, you know, lay down a little bit of a marker in this game, it will do us the world of good. Yeah, definitely. Is it a must win, would you say, Dean, or more of a must not lose, I suppose? With how 
the matches have have all worked out. The bottom eight playing each other. It's it's a must not lose. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a must win yeah. at this at this stage. And um, we've got plenty more opportunities in the bag to for those must win games if we if we if we need to. But it's not a game where I don't think you know we should be scared of. Um, I think we yeah. showed enough against them, and there's definitely ways to beat them. Um, as shown in that game at Hillsborough. So we just got to go in there with a little bit of confidence. I hope Saturday hasn't taken it out of the players too much. Um, but with it being a cup game, I don't think it will. I'm sure Robins and Vibash will will, uh, will get the boys boys ready to rock and roll. Yeah, definitely. And something else I was going to mention, Andy, obviously it's it's the halfway point in the season. So we've played a lot of these teams already. So it will probably help us a little bit to sort of know a bit about these teams because obviously playing them for the first time, and a lot of them for the first time in, you know, eight years or whatever. So probably help us a bit to know a bit more about the opposition, won't it, going into the second half? Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Because uh, if you know how they play and the way they play, definitely will help us, yeah, going forward. And and, you, and also you always learn from defeats or wins and draws, don't yeah. you, of how what the opposition, you know, what they've got and what, what they're not so good at. So, yeah, definitely that does help, Tom. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, you look at the last game against them. They they offered absolutely mm. nothing, especially mm. the top end Stuff. of the pitch. You know, Patterson, yeah. Windass and Rhodes, when he came on, they offered absolutely nothing. I mean, if we... More can, toothless than us. And that's yeah, handsome. pretty much. I mean, Barry Bannon at 34, whatever he is, was the best player on the pitch in that match. If we can keep him quiet and Adam Reach on the left-hand side, I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll be fine. I don't think Dabo can have as bad of bad as a, a game as he um, has, yeah. as he had against them again. Yeah. Um, okay, we're, we're playing a little bit differently because we won't have two up top, but um, yeah. there's no reason why if we can keep you know their star attraction, which is Barry Bannon at 34, quiet, then... We, we, we can't get a positive result from this. Yeah, definitely. And um, how do you think we'll set up, Andy? Well, I think Dabo will come back in, definitely, 100%. Mm. Um, I think McCallum will come back in, definitely, as well, for Giles, even though I thought Giles had a really good game. But I think McCallum will come back in because um, Robbins really likes him, doesn't he? Um, I think the back three will be the same. Hi, um, Fads and... Um, Ostergaard, uh, Wilson in goal, obviously. And then it's a difficult choice out of, um, I think, uh, Hamer obviously starts, but difficult choice. Depends on how fit James is, um, but I don't think he will start. However, I know when he did play for Barnsley that he did start a lot of games and he used to always start him, but after about 60 minutes, take him off. So it'd be interesting to see if Robin starts him and then takes him off like Barnsley used him. But that would be interesting going forward. But I expect Sheep to start instead of James. And then I'd play Shipley and um, O'Hare and then Biama up top. Interesting, yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I was having a think about it as well. And um, one possible um, thing would be to possibly play James uh, in the holding position and and push Hamer further forward. Um, Yeah, instead of Sheep, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd probably play Sheaf and uh, Sheaf and James oh, okay. in the holding, and then uh, and then Hamer and um, O'Hare in the in the forward positions, and that means possibly Hamer, uh, O'Hare could get even further forward and support Biama a bit more. Like play, but, like play O'Hare off like a front man kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, could work. Yeah, but, but there's yeah. lots of ways it could go. What What do you think, Dean? I think you'll play it safe. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit. Of different thinking, I would switch to a four at the back and and pack out the midfield. Um, but I think he'll play it safe with a three at the back, the same same you know um, lineup. 
as as uh, as Andy said, the only difference I would have is I'd have Giles in there. Um, not for McCallum, I'd, I'd have McCallum in, in, the, in the team, but I'd play Giles as one of the front three, uh, mainly because I didn't think Sheffield Wednesday dealt with pace very well um, in, mm. that, in that reverse fixture. And I think if we've got a little bit of pace up there, I think that will help. And of course, we didn't have Hamer for for the game against Sheffield Wednesday no. either. So, you know, he he's going to be a, a bit of a joker in the pack for the for the Sheffield Wednesday team. They won't they obviously won't have seen him play come up against him of of course. And uh, they might know of him, but you know, it's different playing against a player rather than just knowing him. Um but yeah, I just I just think a bit of pace up the top and the pitch will will be great. You know, I don't think we get enough numbers in the box when we have it out wide. I think I, I spoke on the live yesterday with the first seven crosses we had there was only two players in the box at any time so you know if we've got another player with a bit of speed in there um, hopefully they can help Biamu and if O'Hare can push himself into more advanced roles as well that will help so yeah my that that would be my thinking I, I, I would bring Giles, Giles in to, to play as part of the front three yeah no doubt um, you'll be on the live Dean sort of wondering what on earth Robbins did for the team uh, which seems <laughs> to happen every week doesn't it it does, yeah. I mean, all of our pre sort of, you know, working out what the team will be, it'll probably all be shredded. Uh, yeah, you Saturday. can't, you can't second guess him. I mean, yeah. per, I mean, like we've got Matty James now. For me, I'd go four at the back. Have James, James, Sheaf, and Allen. Uh, sorry, James, Sheaf, and Hamer in the middle. Yeah, pack out the midfield, and yeah. and we'll, we'll create chances from that. Uh, I just don't think he, he he likes having four at the back because. If you have McCallum, he's very forward-thinking. Obviously, Dabo is very forward-thinking as well, so it might leave you a little bit uh, occupied at the back. Um, but that's why you have an extra man in midfield, I suspect. So, you know, it's it's just difficult to to second guess Robbins. Um, mm. You know, we all thought he'd make changes yesterday, but but didn't. So, who knows? He he might yeah. play something absolutely radical on, on on Saturday. Who knows? One week we'll get it right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and I'll grab a score prediction from you both, Andy. Difficult, um, difficult, difficult. Um, I'm going to go for a draw, score draw, one all. Um, I think that's what I'm going to go for because I think, like you said earlier, and uh, Tom and Dean, I think it's such a must not lose game mm. that I think it'll be a draw. Okay, Dean, I, I think we'll win this, um, and I'd also think it, we'll win it. We'll win it quite comfortably. I just think we'll turn up. Um, we seem to have turned up for for a few of the big matches so far, especially early in December. Um, and after that international period, we, we turned up and started turning up for matches. So I think we won in this game. I'm going to go for a 2-0 victory. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We're now going to move on and discuss a couple of hot topics, uh, starting with a quick look back on the first half of the championship season. Obviously, as we mentioned, we're at the halfway point now. Um, after playing everyone once, the Sky Blues sit in 16th in the championship with 26 points. They currently have eight teams below them and crucially seven points between them and the bottom three. Um, so, Andy, just thinking about sort of what you what you were saying in pre-season, have we kind of exceeded your expectations are we underachieving or would you say we're about the same as as what you'd have predicted Exceed, exceeding Tom um, I thought we'd really struggle this season mm. um, I thought we'd be battling I didn't think we'd be bottom of the league but I think we'd, I thought we'd be just like hovering just yeah like, just about just above the relegation like a couple of points above it yeah so to be seven points away um, 
is fantastic and for me and we are in my opinion we've overachieved um to, to the season's been a bit weird it's, it's been full of games that have been like non-exciting games but like games that are important like nil-nil draws yeah, like, yeah, but it yeah. just, just kind of keeps the run you know that when we had that eight game you know undefeated run but they weren't really great to watch I'm talking games right. like Huddersfield and Luton at home and they were nil-nil and they were, they were crap to watch they were boring but they were yeah. all important to just keep us ticking over and then you, you get a one-nil against Cardiff and then you get a big win and it just all helps doesn't it so yeah, yeah and Initially, you know, we found it struggled to, you know, find our feet in the league, um, especially that game against Bournemouth, which was a bit of a culture shock. But, you know, we settled down with that eight unbeaten run and um, and we've got some vital victories on uh, on the way as well. You know, Millwall away, Cardiff at home, yeah. all big, big wins. So, um, yeah. and also we've had no end of injury concerns. You know, mm. we've had Godden, our top goal scorer out for most of the season. You know, Walker, the, the, the bloke, who was going to, you know, help Godden or even play with him, has been out with coronavirus and now he's out with a groin injury or whatever injury he's got that's going to sideline him for a while. At a time. Kelly comes back, was missing at the start of the season, comes back, was absolutely immense, you know, mm. carry, especially that game against Wickham away where he scored twice. And then, then he's out for a period of time. And, and it's been like that a lot. for this. So we've had a lot on our plate. And um, I think Robbins is doing a fantastic job. And um, yeah. I think we've overachieved to answer your question, John. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting what you say about those sort of nil-nil draws mm. and grinding it out. I think it's probably always going to be hard, isn't it, coming off the back of a season in League One when you win the league. And let's yeah. face it, we were well, we were absolutely smashing it, weren't we, towards the end of last season? And what did we, did we win eight in a row or something? I can't yeah. remember. But, you know, it's always going to be hard to go from that to right, we've got Huddersfield at home, we're going to just set up and try and get a nil-nil draw. It's, yeah. you know, the fans' expectations will always have gone up a bit. and mm. But but those draws were really important components of that run, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, we used to play beautiful football in League One. Um, and, you know, we played from the back. But I think they're realising quite quickly that we can't do that in the Championship because, one, we're not good enough. And mm. um, to play that way, and we have to find a different way of winning games. But I still think we are good to watch, uh, entertaining to watch. But again, you know, I don't think we're that far from turning those nil nils into one nils. Yeah, exactly. because a lot of the games last season, Tom, weren't we didn't win by many. It was just no, one nil wins. You know, yeah, Ipswich, that... away, Ipswich away one nil, yeah. Portsmouth at home one nil. You know, Sunderland at home. I think we had 14 uh, one-goal margin wins last season. And I don't think we're that far away from yeah. doing that in the Championship. It's just that cutting edge. Yeah, it's so, just that next level of being yeah. streetwise, isn't it? And knowing how to get those one-nils. Uh, mm. It just, just takes time, doesn't it? And just takes it learning. Does. Yeah. Yeah, no, but a lot of positives, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Um, how would you uh, assess things, Dean? Yeah, I could only sort of echo what Andy was saying there. I mean, for me personally, I, I feel we're kind of at the point we, I was expecting. I thought we would be in the position we're in, um, but when you look at the setbacks we've got from from you know um, injuries um, etc., that's when I I see us over overachieving. Um, you know, other teams have crumbled in the past with with huge uh, gaps in in their in their armour as such. You know, losing Godden, losing Walker, losing Kelly. I mean, they're they're three absolutely key players. And, you know, Michael Rose was one of our standout performers last year. He hasn't even been on the pitch yet this season, apart from, what, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. So, 
you know, there are huge gaps missing in this team, a spine as such. Um, and and to, to be where we are without those players is a testament to how well the, the, the management team and the team itself has done this year. Uh, we yeah. can be under no illusion how hard this season was going to be. We all thought it was going to be hard. Okay, there was the one or two for, oh, here we go, playoffs, etc. But that was never going to happen in a million years. Um, we are where we are and we're doing really, really well. Um, so to all intents and purposes, I think we've we've overachieved. But then I look back at some of the results that we've had and I think we've let a lot of points go as well. I think we could be in a much better position than, than what we are. I look at the Middlesbrough game, I look at the Forest game, I look at the Sheffield Wednesday game a few weeks ago. You know, if we turn those round, we could have an extra four or five points on, on top of the tally we've already got. So, you know, it's great where we are, but it could have been so much better too. But I can't, I can't, um, you know, take it away from the team. We've done really, really well um, and we just need to keep progressing. And this is a season of progression, basically. Yeah, of course, of course. You talk about the spine of the team. Of course, Morosi's been out for a couple of months. Now yeah, another well, one. Yeah, Morosi. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we forget yeah. about. I mean, Wilson's obviously stepped up, so we almost sort of forget. But you know, get another one of our our key players from last season as well. So, like you say, we've really been up against it, haven't we, in, with the injuries? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, losing the spine of the team. You know, f- four of our standout performers from from last season: Morosi, Rose, uh, Kelly, and Godden. You know, without those last season, I, I doubt we would have got promoted. Yeah, 100%, to be honest. 100%. And those are the type of players when they've had a coming off a great season, you 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 know, you're expecting them to, to step up to the plate again the following season and, you know, match them them dizzy heights. Yeah. And we haven't had them available for the for the majority of the season. We haven't had a full strength team at any point during the during the season either. You know, Dabo's yeah, exactly. been out at times, you know. Um, you know, we've we've had real key assets missing and to be where we are is is absolutely brilliant, and I think we should all, you know, applaud um, the team for for doing that. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's pleasing, obviously, we've we've had that seven point gap for a little while now, which is is great. But I think what I've been pleased with, and every time I look at the league table now, is is having those eight teams below us. Um, I think that's really key as well, because obviously, you know, that they're not going to win every week. Um, there's a lot of teams, so. Um, I think it just gives us that extra cushion as well, doesn't it? That there's there's quite a few teams below us that that are probably going to get sucked right into it. And if we can pull away from that sort of pack, then you know you'd like to think we'll be we'll be okay, Andy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, the next uh, I think the next three games are important, Tom. Yeah. Don't you? Um, the Sheffield Wednesday one, uh, the Reading one, and the Birmingham one. Um, yeah, I think they're all big big games and. And if we can come out with what, shall we say, six or seven points, then that's going to really pull us away, isn't it? And yeah, I think, I think so. If, yeah. we can, if we can get a couple of wins and maybe a draw, or even just a couple of wins, then we really will be sitting pretty. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to move on actually and chat about those three games because yeah. obviously Forest progressed in the cup, didn't they? Which means that game will get moved. Which interesting, really, for the for the fixture calendar because it means we'll have two games in, in fairly quick succession with. Sheffield Wednesday and then Reading, but then a nice sort of break really before we uh, play Birmingham in the, you know, in the away game, which will feel like a bit like a home game. Um, mm. So, Dean, in terms of sort of points tally, do you think Mark Robbins will have something in his mind for these three? He'll, he'll target six. 
for sure, mm. because you know Sheffield Wednesday at home and Birmingham is a home game too as well. Um, I know yeah, exactly. I know we're away, but you know, we, we play. Uh, we, yeah, yeah, we play. We play at home effectively. So you know he'll be targeting at, at a minimum six points. But I don't see no reason why we can't get nine. You know, Reading worked great when we played them. Uh, we kind of blew them away a little bit. Um, okay, they scored a couple of goals, but you know I thought we were comfortable. Um, and they haven't shown any progression from that point. I mean, they're still in and in and amongst the playoffs, but um, I, I can't see them them being there uh, come the end of the season. So these are three winnable games, and, and two of them against you know fellow relegation candidates as such. You know, the more teams that are involved at the bottom, the more pressure yeah. there is. You know, exactly, they all yeah. can't pick up three points every single week, yeah, exactly. and they'll be playing. They'll all be playing each other at various points. So if we can just slowly move away, um, you know, that that will make it more comfortable um, going into February, which will be really tough, obviously, yeah. with the teams we've got to face. But, you know, this is a really, really key stage of the season now. If we can come away from these three games with, at, at minimum, six points, um, I don't see no reason why we can't get maximum, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. Then it then it'll be absolutely fantastic. And like I said earlier, I I, I don't think you know f- you know we've talked about fifty points to be absolutely safe. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Mm. I think with so many teams involved in the bottom of the of the division, it's going to be around about forty two, forty three. I would I would imagine yeah. to be absolutely safe. Um, you know, Rotherham and, and Wickham look done. To be honest, they don't mm. look like they've got the quality to survive. Um, they've got a lot of tough games coming up themselves. So I think that's two positions already sewn up in, in regards to relegation. So if we can get, you know, there's a, there's going to be another six six teams involved. We're going to be one of those fighting for that single position. If we can get to 43 points, I, I, I can't see no reason why we won't be safe. So I think that's that's the ultimate ultimate aim for us. Yeah, definitely. And no, I, think, I think you're right. I think these next three are really important as well because although... You know, March and April look better in terms of the fixtures, and there's, you know, I think we play like the Lutons, the Wickhams again, don't we? But I think psychologically, to go into February with a bit of a cushion, you know, ten, possibly twelve point cushion, um, just means that if we did only pick up two or three points in the whole month, then, you know, we should still have that cushion. Um, we don't want to be in a position where we're, we're, you know, towards the bottom three, and th- and then we're the pressure's on then, and then we've got huge, huge six pointer games, haven't we? In March, so yeah, I think these these next three are, are really important, aren't they, Dean? Yeah, we just can't. I mean, it'll be absolute disaster if we don't pick up at least one win in these games. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and if you, you look at those those games in in February, if we've got that cushion, it, it massively takes the pressure off, and and you might get a better performance if the pressure's off as well. You know, we might yeah, match, exactly. match some of those teams. Who's to say we won't pick up? a win against, you know, one of the top end, top end teams. We seem to be play better against those anyway. So, you know, things are, you know, quietly looking rosy. Um, but, you know, we've, we've still, our attitude's still got to be there and we've still got to perform and, and get the points. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll move on, chaps, and talk a little bit about the January transfer window. Obviously, we're right into the thick of that now. Um, Mark Roms has already brought in Matty James, who we talked a bit about earlier, um, and, you know, from what Robbins has been saying and whispers around the club, it, it feels like there might be one or possibly two more signings on the way. Um, obviously, Dean talked a bit about Matty James, but Andy, what do you what do you make of him and, and the signing? Massive. I think he was a real coup for us. And yeah. um, 
you know, I live around the Leicester area, um, and like you said, I've got a few friends. Don't say that, that too loudly. I know, but I do live on the outskirts, so I've got to say that. Sorry, boys, but so I've got a few friends in the Leicester area, and um, who are fans of, of Leicester, and uh, like uh, Tom said, they speak very highly of him. Yeah. Um, and that he said, like, if it wasn't for his injury record, that he would be playing either for Leicester or a different Premier League club because he's that quality. He seems to have time on the ball and has more seconds on time on the ball than others. He seems yeah. like time stops when he has the ball because he just his positional sense is that good. So he's a huge signing for us and a massive coup. And and now he 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 seems to have got rid of his. I'm not I'm touching wood here. Um, that he's got rid of his injury issues. I hope, I hope not. We're doing a podcast. And <laughs> It's a Sunday. I was hitting my head, mate. Not- <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> don't, don't talk about which head, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, I'm digging, me, I'm digging a hole there. Uh, but yeah, if he um, stays away from injury, because he's, he's, I think he played 15 games for Barnsley, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, his fitness uh, is up, isn't it, really? Yeah. So you'd hope, yeah, you'd hope so- he can carry that on, like, you know, touch wood. But, um, you know. <laughs> Too much yeah, wood, boys. Too much yeah. <laughs> we'll all be touching wood if James starts. <laughs> On a regular basis. I've got to say that I'll be touching cloth, but that's completely different. (laughs) Yeah, um, all good, but very happy with the signing, Tom. Yeah, and a cracking uh, cracking voice as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he bumped bumped that out, didn't he? Well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was was impressive. Yeah, I enjoyed that as well, actually. I'd love some more content like that from uh, Shippers and the like. I think we need to to see more of those sort of inauguration um, sing-alongs. Definitely. That, that was on his Instagram, wasn't it? I think it's Shipley or, filmed it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Shippers. Yeah. Shippers, yeah. I quite like to see uh, AD or, or Mark Robbins step up. That'd be a good one to watch. What, wow. do, you, what do you think they'd sing? Oh, well, I don't know, well, AD would sing Sweet Caroline, wouldn't he, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. I see Robbins as more of a, like, a Spandau Ballet type of guy. Yeah. A classic. Or maybe Lionel Richie or something. Yeah. What yeah. a feeling when you're dancing on the ceiling. Yeah, if you dance on the ceiling, you stay up. If we ever get him on a pod, that'll be one of our questions. Um, we'll make sure of it. Yeah, what's your karaoke song, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, and obviously, as we said, possibly one or two faces coming in as well before the end of the window. Um, Dean, in your opinion, where do we need to strengthen? I think it's just the top end of the pitch, to be honest, Tom. Um, I, we, we obviously were crying out for a striker. Um, yeah. But January is the absolute hardest time to yeah, get one of those. Yeah. You either pay over the odds for somebody... Or, you know, there's just no availability of anybody. Um, you're probably relying on a Premier League loan at this point to, to come in. You know, there's there's talk of your lad from, from Tottenham. But, you know, will he be, uh, Jack Clark, will he be enough to, to keep us, you know, afloat in this division? Who knows? Um, I'd also like to see another sort of attacking midfielder come into the fold. Some Somebody just to help O'Hare out. You know, I think he's... he's um, Doing a lot up there on his own um, at the moment. I think we're reliant on him too much, and that's perhaps what's what's um, stopping him from finishing off some of those chances. Is is the pressure too much on him um, at times? So, I'd like to see someone just to bear that burden a little bit. Um, but to, I think for those to happen, we're going to need players out the door. The likes yeah, of Castanier, yeah. Bakayoko will probably be moved on for some kind of fee. I'm, I imagine. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're too reliant on stuff happening 
going out before stuff coming in, I, I would imagine, yeah. um, which is just, it's just the position Make we're in. Right. Um, and yeah. that, that's part and parcel of, of, of our situation. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, we'd all like to, you know, get a 20 goal, a stri- stri- season striker in through the door, but you know, they cost a lot of money and that's something we don't have. Yeah. And everyone's after them as well, aren't they? And there's people with probably more, more money than we've got. Um, you know, there's obviously talk of Jack Clark from from Spurs, isn't there? But then he's just played on TV tonight, so every scout in the country is probably tapping him, him up. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's just con- we're constantly up against it. And January is a really tough window, isn't it, to to get anything done? Matt, yeah, it's the hardest time of the mm-hmm. season to, to do any time. business, um, yeah. and even even so, it, more so in this COVID you know season, um, it's very yeah. difficult to to get stuff done and we've got the, the the shock of Brexit that's happened as well so you know if, even if you're looking overseas you've got you've got the work permit situation is is you know a real desperate situation uh, mm. for a lot of clubs and I know the league is trying to work on a situation for, for work permits to to be done quicker um, but yeah. I think that that's going to hold us back as well especially we you know we've got a bit of international clout in regards to transfers so you know that's going to hold us back a little bit. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a really really tough time. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if no one else comes in. If I'm if I'm perfectly honest, and we just go with what we've got. Um, and if and if that is the case, then deal with it. Simple as yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you said with the Brexit thing, you know, hopefully that does get resolved because obviously, um, you know, I'd imagine we've probably got a shortlist drawn up already of uh, European players. Like we like we did this summer, the likes of you know the Hamers and the and Dabo and people like that, Castanier obviously didn't quite work out, but we obviously dabble in that market. That's really important for us. So, you know, hopefully we're not sort of held back by that at all. Um, so yeah, um, Andy, any thoughts on on where you think we need to strengthen? Yeah, same as Dean, really. Uh, Tom, top end of the pitch. I agree with Dean with uh, Callum O'Hare because. Um, I think he could do with some help because he just plays week in, week out. And I don't want him being in the same situation of just getting injured and then then we'll be in trouble because he, he, uh, I know his goal and assist record hasn't been particularly great this season, um, what it should have been considering the amount of chances he's had. But his link-up play, his industry has been great this season and I think he's adapted to the championship really well. Um, So it'd be nice for him to have some help definitely and also um, a striker would be ideal as well but um, I think we might get an attacking midfielder in but I don't think we'll get a striker in Tom yeah definitely it's, it's tough isn't it I mean you know Walker's probably not too far away I think you know possibly three, three weeks. weeks from now three weeks yeah yeah weeks. which you know yeah. hopefully he is back in three weeks obviously we don't want to rush him back we obviously felt a little bit like Godden might have been rushed back mm-hmm. um, but if we can get Walker back in in three weeks then obviously that will help with that those run of games in in February. Um, We also put this to you, the listeners and followers, to see what your thoughts were. Um, The question we put out on Twitter was, if you were Mark Robbins, would you bring another striker in in January or stick with Max and wait for Walker's return? And loads of you replied to us. I'll just read a few of these out. Um, Steve Jones said, I'd wait to sign someone to support O'Hare. He can't keep it up all season, surely. And what if he gets injured? Uh, Dog says, yesterday highlighted how important it is for Joy to open her purse and bring a striker in, either on loan or on a short-term contract. Biamu actually played quite well yesterday, but will never be a regular goal scorer as long as I have a hole in my ass. And obviously put there from Dog. Um, 
Daniel Davenport said, I thought Biamu did well today, but needs support. Backer just isn't good enough. Uh, I'll read one more. Uh, Adam Newbold said, we need another striker. All these fans saying Backer was good enough for the championship. He's a League 2 striker who is too nice and needs to be more nasty like Biamu. So, yeah, bit of mi- uh, mixed views there from the from the followers, Dean. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the Bakayoko situation. He's just he's just not good enough for this division. Um, and obviously, he is out of contract in the summer. I, I suspect they won't be taking up any further option on that. So, I suspect he might go out the door um, this January. But then that will leave us with just Biamu, uh, which is um, Bapaga on the cusp. So, you know, that's yeah. that's the difficult difficult one to comprehend that happening. Um, I agree with the Biamu uh, comments as well. You know, he, he's not going to be the week-in, week-out goal scorer that we need. No. Um, but He, he, he wasn't even right in League 2, was he? If no, he wasn't. Honest. But he's a no. big part player who, yeah. you know, comes to the fold at various times in the season and does really, really well, you know. I can only think of one game this season. He hasn't really performed to his standards, um, and every every other game he's played pretty well. At least at least a six out of ten for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just we just need we can't go with with just Max um, going mm-hmm. forward. You know, Walker still three weeks away. Uh, do we want to rush him back? Probably not. You know, we we saw what happened with Matty Godden. I fear for Matty Godden to be honest now. Uh, yeah. That injury is is pretty bad. Um, I, I worry long term for him. Um, with with that under his under his belt, it's very hard to come back from that type of type of injury. You see a lot of um, runners um, retire early with that type of injury. So I, I worry for him long term. So you know, let's not rush him back. Um, yeah, I would I, I would suspect he'll be out for the rest of the year. If I'm, I'd if almost I'm rather honest. that in a way, Dean. To be honest, you know, yeah. I just feel like. Uh, you know, we don't want to just keep bringing him back and, you know, this could really hamper his whole career, couldn't it, if we keep doing it? So we almost, like you say, almost write, write him off and get him fully back fit again, do a full pre-season and then get the best out of him next year. I would almost rather that now. Absolutely, it's yeah. Probably, which is sad, but, you know, it's it's you know we've got to think about him and his career as well, haven't we, as, as well as us and, uh, uh, you know, trying to survive in the Championship. Yeah, it's speculate to accumulate time. Yeah, uh, both, exactly. Both in the terms of, you know, keep him out of the out of the out of the squad for the rest of the year and you know we we gain a, a, a brand new player effectively next season but it's also in the in the terms of you know the owners getting their checkbook out you know are they going to speculate and and spend some money on wages if it has to be a loan or you know purchasing a player um are they going to speculate to accumulate in 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 that regard yeah. so you know it's it's down to what our ambitions are um and obviously Mark Robbins has to match the owner's ambition and, and vice versa. So yeah. let's just see what happens. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and to be fair, you, you think they've probably put their hand in their pocket a little bit to get Matty James. Cause you know, from what I've been reading, he's, he's probably on 18 K a week. I don't know how much of that we're paying, but you know, he's on a fairly, fairly big whack, probably our highest paid player. Um, so, you know, what, what, you know, how many more of them can we do really? But yeah, like you say, we'll just have to see how it plays out, won't we? Yeah, and to be fair, the owners have backed Mark Robbins this year. So, you know, can they show that little bit more ambition when it when it's needed now, you know, at it's a time of, of real crisis? It's going to cost them more if we get relegated. So, yeah, I'd, I'd advise them to put their hand in the pocket. Yeah. It makes business yeah. sense, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. And then, you know, if we can stay up and then we can obviously, as we've talked about, rebuild in the summer and mm. hopefully become more of a, a solid kind of championship package. Um, anyway, lads, that's all we've got time for this evening. Thanks a lot for your contribution as always. And listeners, do check out our partner, Shortland Horn, for the latest properties across Coventry. Also, make sure you join us at full time on Saturday for our Sky Blues Extra Live, where we'll review all of the action and we'll bring in your comments and reaction. And as always, if you want to get involved in the conversation on any of our social media channels, just use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.